Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We're going to have to put a content warning on this. In addition to our usual obscenity warning, we would like to note that this episode contains conversations about self-harm and suicide. Hello, welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Holly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we're reading chapter eight of The Will of the Empress. So grab your cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. And let's show our asses. Chapter 8 opens with the gang, which is not just our four, but also Rizu, Jack, Finn, Caitlin, Ambrose, Shijagoris. Am I missing anyone? I think, I think that's all. Yeah. Unless they have like some guards or something with them. Eh, they probably do. I mean, they don't really care. Unnamed NPCs. They do not matter. They are riding out or setting out to go to Sandry's lands. There's a scuffle about who Jigoris is and how they're going to explain him. He's and the secretary she- that can't write. He's the fucking <laughs> kings of sec- king of secretaries get it right. <laughs> yes. Everyone's tired. It's super early. We all remember that when we recorded very early on a Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Indy remembers that always. Yeah, this is like my 5 a.m. <laughs> they play silly games like I see and 15 questions. I love that so much. They finally reach Sandry's lands and discover that Landrag House is famous for breeding mules. Hmm, Big surprise. Imagine that. Everybody laughs at Sandry, who's super embarrassed, but also very proud. You might even say mulish. <laughs> Ambrose reveals that there has been less and less money to do things like repair bridges and keep roads maintained because he has had to constantly send Sandry her allowance as is her due and the taxes have been rising and rising and rising. Sandry is upset about this but Ambrose is like well couldn't really do anything because I could get in trouble for uh, not doing that without your permission so she's like okay no more monies for me until all this shit gets taken care of please. They finally make it to Landreg Castle. All of the people who are like near the castle are coming out to greet Sandry and they're like lining the roads in the rain, bowing to her and all this. And Sandry's very upset because it's completely unnecessary. All of the other nobles, all of the Namornese nobles are like, of course it's necessary. How else do you make sure that your peasants know who you are? Triss fortunately extends her little rain umbrella, her magic umbrella that's been covering the group. To cover like the whole area. Yeah. All of the people who are coming out to bow to Sandry don't get wet at least. Is a nice gesture, but I'm sure it freaks them all out. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh god, I'm covered in magic. We meet Ambrose's wife, I believe. I love her so much. Elaga and his children. They're so huh? cute. All daughters. And I can't remember how many. Four. And they are all super cute. The servants at Castle Landreg are shocked that Sandry does not have a maid, does not want a maid. I particularly like 
How does she dress? Well, she dresses herself. It's indecent to dress yourself. Triss gets judged as Sandri's maid or some servant. Rizu comes and rescues her by calling her Vimese, which means mage, in front of the servants. Which I found kind of funny because at the beginning of the book, Triss wanted to be the maid. She offered to be the maid. And now someone is like, oh, you're the maid. She's like, hell no, I'm not the maid. Well, no, the difference is she offered they said no and she's like i i'll live my life and then someone just makes an assumption and she's like listen here bitch i i get that but i still found it funny there is some talk of where jugors is going to room briar insists that jugors will remain with him and points out that jugors has tried to slit his wrists i think this is the only character that i've come across in books that i've read where it has someone that slits their wrists i don't know if there's any other characters that i've read that does that which i mean i'm not saying i love that he slits his wrists or anything but it's kind of nice that that kind of person is represented in a book right and i don't remember if it specifies that this was an attempt to kill himself or if he just cuts so something i i really like about this in particular is the fact we see him and we have seen that this is what he's done to himself and he's still alive mm-hmm. yeah he's he's not living his best life no but he is still alive and it's not necessarily treated he's not treated with pity no yeah which is the other thing i really like about this is it's not briar's like you're not going to do this anymore like like <laughs> that that's it right you're you're right. going to be watched we're going to make sure you don't do it again but it's not out of pity and it's not no. like it's out of care like they actually yeah. care about him which is nice to see yeah they don't think less of him because of it i genuinely like that because we we see a lot of younger characters like in their 20s or younger who in media attempt to kill themselves then magically they're they're either dead or they fix it and they're yeah. all of a sudden better. And I really like, like oh, hey, I'm not depressed anymore. It's yeah. okay, guys. I'm so happy yeah. now. And and I love that we see the aftermath of this in someone who is older. I don't know. I could go on about just this is something we don't see a lot of representation for. Yeah. And I think that it's important to see. And I think that Pierce did a really, really good job handling the situation without like making it a big deal but also being like hey other people have these thoughts and other people do these things tris talks to jagors about seeing things on the wind is like but don't tell my friends that i can do this like i won't but you should and she's like no that's ridiculous and he's like well you're ridiculous not wrong (laughs) Uh, yeah (laughs) i point back to cold fire when it talked about how he was the madman but everything he was saying was on point. Still mm-hmm. true. Still true. Listen, logic to from the a madman. That is like my my whole thing about this book. Listen to your scarecrow. Sandry wakes up in the middle of the night, freaked out, and then realizes that there is a person in between her and her nightlight. And she woke up because the person grabbed her while she was sleeping. Grabbed her hand That's while right. sleeping. Mm-hmm. That's right. This person tells her that basically she was kidnapped by this guy and forced into a marriage 10 years previous. He is abusive and she wants out of the marriage, but the only way that she can get out of the marriage legally is for her liege lord to annul the marriage. She tried to ask for this from Sandry's mother twice and Sandry's mother just blew her off. And so now she has snuck into the castle to beg Sandry to annul this marriage. Sandry's pretty horrified. As she should be. I do not like this custom. And that is the end of the chapter. Part one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and disliked about the chapter. What did you guys like and dislike about this chapter? Uh, the likes. My likes were that uh, Zagoras is now a secretary, even though I'm, I'm sure he doesn't actually have the qualifications for this. 
or the equipment or the ability to read. But I, I know that they'll, uh, they'll, they'll make it work. It's say, okay. Sandry doesn't need a secretary. He also did say, I don't know. I don't think I know how to write. Yeah. <laughs> I think I don't know. No. He's not sure. He doesn't know if he knows. Yeah. My my favorite part of the whole thing of that is that uh Sandry glances at Ambrose and he has his mouth like tight and she thinks it's hilarious on trying to think of how he's going to explain how she has a secretary that can't write. I want to see how he's going to explain. I want to see that. I would like to see she that. She has a secretary that can't write. I also all of her appointments in his head. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I also just love the fact that Briar's like, I'm going to make you the fucking king of secretaries. Just you fucking wait. <laughs> and this is perfect coming from Briar because Briar originally couldn't read and write. But once he learned, he fell in love with it. I'm not listening to you. Do you hear how much I'm not listening? Can you hear me not listening? Are you aware that I'm not listening? Well, it's a good thing you're not listening because you can't hear me say this. That is probably one of my favorite just interactions in the entire book. So funny. They're definitely older, but you know they. You can tell if even if this was your first like time meeting them or something, you can tell that they've known each other for a long ass time. Uh huh. It's it's little things like that, like that are just sprinkled in. That I just want to kiss her big beautiful brain. She's just so good. I'm not listening to you. Do you notice that I'm not listening to you? Mark it well. I ignore you. And then Briar responds. And I feel ignored. I am so ignored and unheard that I know it won't matter if I say, why does it not surprise me that the land drags breed mules? Oh, so great. I love it. (laughs) I I also just have to say, I really, really like the fact that if you were to just hear that sentence out of context without knowing these books, you would have absolutely no clue about what's going on. But with everything that we've been through with these characters and like we know pretty much who they are and what (laughs) they've done, it's such a good, well-written, what's the word? It's not a throwback, but like references to the past and stuff. It's it's Mm -hmm. so funny. It is so funny. Briar and Daj are laughing together after um, the, the whistle. We're starting to see more of them getting closer again. Most of this entire beginning, they've just been so un able to talk and kind of rekindle their friendship like they're friends and they know each other but there's all this tension between them with everything that's happened and being apart for so long but would you say they're reforging that's it that's the word that's (laughs) that's perfect i i don't know why i couldn't think of that word um that's a good one that'd be really good for a title actually for this book uh, or the series yeah yeah that'd be uh that'd be great it's good and funny, and it's more banter between them. They are friends. They still know each other. They still love each other, even though they're just a little... They've been separated, and they've grown, but they they still know each other. They're still friends. I like the detail that Daja and I think also Triss cover yeah. their ears when they see Briar raising his fingers to his mouth. And like, oh, I know what is coming. Triss and covers her else. ears, but Daja yelps and curses at him in traitor talk. Yeah, and then like <laughs> Briar's like, you remembered how sweet. And Triss is like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. So everybody else is just like, oh god, why? It's just tiny detail. I love that they played I see and 15 questions. Yes. Yes. I think it would have been funnier if it would have actually been I spy because at the beginning of the chapter they're like, oh, we're I guess we're supposed to be spies too. And then say, I spy. They are the spy. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> m- m- missed opportunity there. Oh, missed opportunity. Funny. Funny. 15 questions must be harder. Yeah. yeah. Us being reminded again when Sandry is like in and finally meeting peasants on her land. We're, we're reminded again of how Duke Vitris would not have needed all of that um, bullshit that they were doing. Like, they explain why it's necessary in the book, I guess. 
Yeah. They talk about how Duke Vedras is like, he wouldn't have made everyone waste their time like that. You know, if someone disrespects him, he's not going to take it. But he doesn't need all of that. He's fine. He, he doesn't he doesn't need people to take time out of the day to, you know, go and celebrate his return every time he walks into a room. Duke Vedras is great. And this is my last one. But uh, I like Triss's moment of self-reflection when they get into the town. But she walks in and uh, one of the maids comes up and is like, oh, uh, this is not the entrance for you. The maids come in the back. And Triss is like, do I look like a maid? And then she looks down and kind of looks at her, like, writing pants and, and at the maid. And she's like, wait a minute. I, kind I guess of I kind of do look like a maid. <laughs> like, I, I really enjoyed that moment of self-reflection where she's like, okay, actually, yeah, it makes sense. For, for, <laughs> I, I shouldn't just get upset at this because clearly I actually kind of do look like a maid. So don't freak out. It's okay. Okay, but can we talk about the uh, weed the cabbage patch comment though? Let's like, please. Holy shit! I thought it was a funny little joke. It's an everyday occurrence thing to him. Like, oh my goodness! It kind of shows the stark difference between how we see these two rulers, because Duke Vedras is very much like, I don't need all of the pomp and circumstance. You know, you just say, "Hey, man, glad you're here." And then you go about your business. That's that's all we need. We see how much that the Empress, like, she loves being worshipped. So therefore, everybody has to do this. And it has become kind of like the social norm that you treat the people who rule over your part of the land like that. Basically, you, you kind of see it in like the the idea of reassigning houses because mm-hmm. and these are the people that are in her court that like she's personally vetted and she wants in these positions. They are like, I want to be treated like that. And so it's just this perpetual growth of the divide in between the common folk and the people who uh, rule. Uh, uh, We wouldn't know anything about that, though, would we? Nothing. Which, I don't think it would take very much for the Empress to take Ambrose's position away from him. He's already not invited to all the social gatherings, so for him to take one step out of line, he would lose everything in an instant. That's why he 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 makes sure everything he does is exactly because she exactly already does not like done. him. Yeah, but the idea of just like people getting out of line and you're just like ah, take them off, murder them. It's fine. We're, we're gonna make it a public example out of them. And yeah. like Finn just says this like like it's the funniest thing. And it's like, that's really fucking dark, dude. Yeah. Like, I I say some dark shit, but I don't talk about going around and murdering people. Wait, hold on. Sandry basically being all gloom and doom about all of these people out there, like, paying attention to her. And then you just see Chime like, yes, admire me, love me. I am perfect. There has never been a more beautiful creature than me. This is all for me. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah, girl. It's for you. It's for you. (laughs) And Sandra had to just make herself think that it was for Chime so she could enjoy everything, which I thought was amazing. She's coping. Yes. The uh, daughter bringing flowers. (laughs) And Ambrose just being like, yeah, they're probably picked from your own garden, so enjoy those <laughs> <laughs> the the interaction between Jagors and uh tris where Jagors is like maybe you're too sensitive just like look who says so slowly as if he weren't quite sure how to go about it Jagors smiled I, I i really like the way that's phrased tugs on my heart a little bit more i love my scarecrow i love him but so- also tris Listen oh, to your goddamn scarecrow. <laughs> yeah. And this one's a dislike. She said when a noble woman came to her that any woman foolish enough to be caught was a cage bird by nature and must content herself with a keeper. I already did not like the Empress at this point. She's just one of those people. And I was like, yeah, she's just a shitty person and I don't really like her. That right there, when I read through this the first time, I was like, 
I fucking hate this woman. Yeah. Like, I want to personally fist fight her in the parking lot of a Denny's. You're you're supposed to, as a person in power, take care of people. That that is what the positions of power are meant for, especially in rulers, is you take care of everyone in your lands. And this is such a shitty comment. This is well, a she's shitty taking thing. care of them because he, she's making sure they have husbands to take care of them. Right. Like, they're not taking care of their wives, though. They're being forced into marriage. And yeah, we get Gudruni as this snapshot of what the bad side of that is and why it's not good. The fact that the only people who can reverse this are people who rule over that specific land is kind of ridiculous. That's ridiculous. It shouldn't be up to one person of whether they want to be married to this person or not. It's so ridiculous. I understand like how it would come about from tradition in the sense of like having two people who their families are like, no, fuck you y'all aren't getting married i understand it was kind of like that well because this happened we have to get married now we're married so fuck you but on the other side of it you have literal kidnapping confinement and essentially torture he tied her up yeah there's no 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 one wins out of this not good anyway some traditions need to fucking go i love Sandry's reaction to this, though, once once she's able to find her voice. I beg your forgiveness for my family for our not doing our duty by you. You deserve better. Sandry has more emotional maturity than Baronine. She's more empathy than probably any of the other kids, though. I feel like this comes out of having grown up in Emelon. She was 10 when she went there. And but to be fair, it's also probably like the fact that she felt isolated because in Sandry's book, she talks about how she really struggled to make friends and she was always lonely because we've seen like the way Finn and Jack talk about peasants. We've seen the way Baronine would handle this situation. And we've seen the way Sandry's mom handled this situation. At least we've heard about the way that Sandry's mom handled the situation. And they all grew up in this Namornee's noble culture. So it's it's bred this indifference. And because Sandry didn't grow up there, she learned a different way. Mm-hmm. Sandry is super fucking smart. Like, we know that she's a noble and she's good at politics. She just doesn't always handle it as nobly as she should. But she makes the comment of so the fathers of her own daughters cannot claim the throne in their in her in their name she's straight up like ah that's why nobody knows who berenine's children are like who who is they are yeah Yeah. which i think is weird because the only lineage that matters is the mothers but yet the mothers are the ones that are being kidnapped and being birds in cages even though they're the ones that matter in this relationship according to the empress Ugh, it's so frustrating it doesn't make any sense they should have all the power and they have none so we had this professional development a few months back about poverty and the person talked about how there is like situational poverty and there's generational poverty i think is what she called it And so people who have grown up in generational poverty, where just the family has lived in poverty for generations, have a different view of the world than people who have uh, situational poverty, which is like, well, my dad lost his job, and so then we were poor. And often those people look at people who are in generational poverty and go, well, why can't you just pull yourself up by your bootstraps? Because that's what we did. But they had a lot more resources to do that and aren't aware of that. And I feel like that's the same thing going on here. Marinine is like, oh, well, if you're a real woman or whatever, then you can just take care of yourself like I did. Not everybody has the resources and the capability to do that. My first one that hasn't gotten taken is when they're first leaving. It's raining. Sandry <laughs> looks at Tris and Tris looks up startled and Sandry's like, hello it's raining and just like oh and Sandra thinks to herself 
surely even Trist would notice when her book got wet. But me as a reader, that's the first thing I'm going to protect. So as soon as I go out into outside, I would be automatically protecting my book from any kind of weather, whether it be wind or rain or sunshine or anything. So I'm sure Tris has already got her book protected. And yeah. for Sandry to be like, surely she sees the rain on her book. But no, she doesn't see the rain on the book because the book's already protected. Yeah, I hadn't exactly. even thought about that. Wow. Tris just has like a special like this is like a little bubble she can over book her book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if she's getting wet, whatever. Her book always safe. Books are always safe. Uh Ambrose's children going and just like tackling him basically when they get home. And it's so cute. Ambrose is trying to like get on to him and be like, What is your cousin supposed to think of you? Sandra's like, I think they're wonderful. And you're so blessed to have such lovely girls. And Ambrose, like, their father is. Ambrose is such a good dad, and it's so cute. I love it. And then I love the interaction between Sandry and Ambrose's wife. His wife is like, he's always positive. We are spinning wildly out of control when he's prepared for everything. Really, what can you do with such a man? And Sandry's like, it seems you married him. (laughs) That's what you do with that kind of guy. So cute. So funny. I want to see more of just the two of them. Me too. And or it, or the girls too, but like more of his family because the two of them seem to like really care about each other. Which they, is probably they kind why... of reminded me of Matazi and Cole. And yeah. I thought it was really cute. Even Sandry starts to relax because uh his wife reminds her so much of Lark. And it was really cute. It was so sweet. And just the interaction of him with his wife, just like you said, the family. I want to see the little family unit together. I feel so sad that they're being raised there, though, because he has four girls. He has to worry about each of his children potentially being kidnapped. Ugh, it's so sad. I don't like it. I would not want to raise my daughters in that environment at all. No. I thought it was bad in, we're in the morn, right? That whenever Daja was here, Namorn was like, oh, arranged marriages? I personally wouldn't have that. I I was like, okay, it's fine. But now we're in this side of Namorn and it's kidnappings. I think I'd rather prefer arranged marriages over kidnappings any day for sure. This just occurred to me. In Cold Fire, Jory tells the story of Elenica Potcracker once having cooked for the Empress and then (gasps) like, deciding this was all bullshit opening the hospital and I think there was more supernatural elements an angel came to her and told her that she should quit or she almost died or something but yeah, yeah. basically Olenica Potcracker once worked for Baronine and decided it was bullshit are we really surprised not at all it's amazing I didn't make that connection oh my goodness I like Sandry thinking I hope he about Ambrose I hope he learns to take odd magics in stride he'll be seeing them all summer and they aren't all going to be nice quiet ones like redirecting the rain Ooh, good thing he wasn't there at the beginning of the book when Trish started throwing lightning at everyone to get him out of the river I I feel like this is like foreshadowing here, like some shit's going down, and Sandri already knows it. She just don't know what it is yet. Daja and Rizu talking about Baronine. You sound like everyone fears and loves her at the same time. Because they do, Rizu explained. She is a great ruler, like most great rulers, what she wants, she will have. Sandri, dismounting nearby, heard this. But that must be dreadful for her character. No one can have everything they want. It gives rise to overconfidence and arrogance. Daja looked at Sandry's round chin, which was set at its most mulish angle. I don't think she'll appreciate a lesson from us. Indy mentioned the Empress just basically handing houses over to different people. And there's a conversation where, like, they talk about this is what happened to Finn. And so, like, the reason that Finn's family is nobility is whoever had that title before pissed off the Empress. And so she gave it to Finn's dad. Oopsie poopsie fucky wucky. If you want to try to stand between her and what she wants, Sog Hat for Landrek, I will wish you well. 
I promise to burn incense in the temple of your choice when you're gone. Well, that's nice of him. I really like Sandry's self-reflection here because she's like, well, why didn't Ambrose like tell me all of this stuff about like, we don't have money to pay for these things. And she's like, shit, I uh, maybe should have looked at all those tax forms and all oh, the documents. So that you get from me. Uh, should have done it. Page 203, The Will of Our Empress is that Cleham Sandry bear her company for most of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like this story from Rizu where she hit her maid with a brush and then the maid like messed up all her pantyhose and her mom was like, well, you shouldn't have hit her with a brush. Sucks mm-hmm. to be you. <laughs> That's I, it. I missed two birthday cakes that year because I was out tying up my hose again so apparently there are some decent nobles in they mourn rizu's mom sounds like one of them some decent parenting i think yeah 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 i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Part two of our three-step reading process is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or a message from the chapter. What theme or message did you find? The theme that I found was respect, the two different types of respect. It reminded me a bit of this article I read online. I think it was on Medium, but uh, it talked about the two different types of respect. They are respect for authority versus respect for a person. And it kind of goes into like the, you know, there's a power dynamic of someone above someone else asking for respect, but that respect is like, they need to be respected as an authority compared to respect for a person. Respect for a person is very much a, uh, you know, you treat someone as a person, you, you treat them as an equal. It day more, and at least in this area, the royals want the peasants to respect them, but it comes out of a place of fear. Because if the peasants don't respect them, it's kind of clear that they uh, can end up killing the peasants. 
peasants just out of uh, necessity because the peasants are kind of trying to climb out of their station or not respecting the, the royals enough. And the royals can't have that or else they lose their grip on power. We see the difference between the way that stuff works there in Amorn compared to Emelon with Duke Vedras again, where he, he doesn't need to make people fear him to be respected. Clearly, that's not the same everywhere. Um, I guess in Namorn, they don't wear power like a cloak. They certainly don't. <laughs> they wield it like a sledgehammer instead of a fucking cloak over there. An example here, uh, Ambrose was also trying to respect Sandry's mother's wishes to give Sandry like the money that she was meant to get, but uh, that kind of came to the detriment of her holdings, which is not a good way to govern. We know that Sandry wouldn't have made a big deal out of it if they needed to take more money to fix that bridge. It's just a very fucky, fucky place over there where, uh, you know, if if he hadn't followed through with what was left to him, uh, he could have lost all of his property and his holdings as well. Or even his hand, because they would have seen him like a thief. So it's it's a very weird, uh, you know, you have to respect these wishes of the nobles, even if they can cause big issues afterwards. Um, the theme I found was tradition. Um, there's a lot of different traditions that we see in this chapter. There being spies everywhere. Um, I guess that's not really a tradition, but it, it kind of feels like one. Then we see the way that things are done with how Ambrose has to do certain things unless uh, Sandry says otherwise. And if she doesn't give him direct permission, then he could potentially lose everything. I'm not sure if that's them getting to the town and all the Everybody standing outside waiting for Sandry, bowing to her is a weird tradition. Killing the peasants if they step out of line is a not a very great tradition. Kidnapping uh, women to marry them, that's another tradition we see in this. So a lot of traditions that are not very great. I wrote work undone because what really stood out to me in this chapter is again Sandry's self-reflection and how she's kind of thinking like I should have come here long ago um I should have been more attentive to this because her ignoring all the paperwork and stuff because it's dry means that she wasn't able to act on things like the fact that they needed more land to repair these bridges or these women who have been getting kidnapped. There's just a lot of stuff that basically needs like, fixing because she's sort of been neglecting the area, neglecting this duty of hers. I guess I could also say this is the theme is neglect. Y'all's are really good. That kind of got camaraderie because we see a, a good deal of it like kind of in the beginning where like they all are chit-chatting and there's like all of the stuff that we learn about Sandry and her family and all of this stuff and it's all presented very playfully and kind of like a bonding in a way that we see it with Trish and Zagorce to call out one specifically because like there's that kind of she's being playful as playful as Tris can be I should say when she's like look who's saying I'm sensitive this one was not my best work <laughs> Part three of our three-step reading process is reading like a mage. This is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives. What magic were you able to craft out of this chapter? My magic is communicate with each other. Sandry just assumes that Ambrose is going to do the things that she wants him to do without communicating those things to him. Ambrose doesn't ask her about the money because he doesn't know her very well, but if he would have just asked her, then all of this would have been fixed. Start communicating with each other. And then I guess I could also use the fact that Trist doesn't want to tell uh, her family about what's going on with her. Everyone just needs to communicate with each other. I need to get better about that too. There's a lot of times I assume that my husband is going to know what I'm wanting him to do without communicating things with him. And then I get upset that certain things aren't done. And he's like, well, I didn't know. He didn't tell me. And I get mad. I'm like, well, you should just know. Like, it doesn't work that way. You got to communicate with each other. Can't read each other's minds. So I've been thinking about same thing with Sandry and like neglecting her paperwork because I have a tendency to neglect my paperwork at work. I think though that the key here is really about like focusing on the needs of whoever it is you're serving. For Sandry, having 
spent more time on those tax forms would have better served her people because she would have seen, oh, wait, there's not enough money to do these repairs and I don't need this allowance. I think in my case, sometimes at schools in general, paperwork sometimes gets in the way of us actually serving our kids' needs. We're so busy like filling out forms and signing things that we're not like interacting with students. In that vein, the other thing I wrote is empathy, sort of what we talked about with Sandri and Gudrini, um, but also just her relationship kind of with everyone here, because we also see it with her like not wanting the, the people to come out and have to bow to her in the rain. Because aside from that being kind of a waste of time, they shouldn't have to come and grovel and get wet for my sake. Like this is unnecessary. That importance of having empathy and not being Berenine or Finn or Jack or Sandry's mom. There's a lot of not very empathetic characters in this chapter. And so yeah, I don't want to be those people. I want to be like Sandry and be empathetic and actually help people and care about the people around me. My personal magic was to dot your I's and cross your T's. Kind of not quite the opposite of what you had, Molly, with the paperwork. For me, my paperwork is very, uh, I, I really, really have to do it. And if I don't, there are, it's, it's just a different type of paperwork, you know? You deal with people, I deal with property, and property doesn't have feelings, so I just need to have paperwork done. But yeah, this just reminded me that sometimes stuff in paperwork isn't as obvious as it could be, and actually reading it and going through and like literally checking every phrase and every word is pretty, pretty important. Glee, I haven't had to deal with too many issues at work with that, but you know, the way that one word is, even if it sounds similar to another one, or just adding another, for example, repair or replace is different from repair or or just replace. Like there, there's definitely you know some um, in in real estate that could end up being the difference between like one hundred and twenty dollars to have a guy go out there and service something, or five hundred dollars to have something completely replaced. Like it's just. Oh. And that's yeah. on the low end. If it's like an AC, it's, you know, you're talking five, six, seven thousand dollars Like, not to mention a roof. You just have to be really careful, at least in my line of work with, uh, with the paperwork. And it's just a good reminder that what Sandy was seeing and the numbers and stuff, they didn't really add up. And she would have noticed that if she'd been paying attention. Uh, and it's just a good reminder for me, I feel. I need to do the same. Uh, servants get more wedded to the social order than nobles do, I think. Licking the boots that rest on their neck. I marked that too, but I didn't wasn't sure what to say about it, so I'm glad you're talking about it. Let's go. We're going to get political here. I feel like kind of as a society, we try not to disturb the status quo. It kind of breeds complacency. And I mean, that's something we, we definitely see here in this chapter about people just accept that this is the way things are. Because this is what they were born into. This is what they've come to expect. We know how outspoken I am. <laughs> I am I'm, I'm not scared to tell people what I think, when I think it, how I think it. We kind of just accept things as they are. We kind of don't want to disturb that, like, kind of as a whole, I feel, in society. And it kind of does, it, it leads more into the systemic oppression, like whether that be through racism or classism or whatever the case may be. And I feel that, yes, I am very outspoken and I will tell you what I think, how I think and when I think it, but I know that I can be complacent in things that I shouldn't be. And it's, we're in a very interesting time. <laughs> like we, we are existing in a very, very interesting time because I think that with the fact that we can connect instantly to anyone anywhere in the globe. We can give news reports that even 20 years ago would have taken weeks to get back if we heard about it at all. The more people who are complacent to let things stay the, the way they are, revolution will never happen. Personally, like I've noticed some things in my own life that I have kind of just been like oh well that's just the way things always have been if we want to be specific a few weeks ago i went to go see my grandmother and i love this woman i do this woman is my entire heart but she she's kind of always been always been a little bit racist and a little bit 
homophobic she was raised in it and that's just how she's been i know that i've mentioned it before we we haven't spoken in like almost a decade and then we got back into contact it was like coming home to a completely different person the work that she's done on herself is amazing she asked me what pronouns do you use all all to say i want to be more like her in this instance the things i'm complacent about that have just always been that i need to i need to work on going why are they like this and is there a good reason if there's not then it needs to change We like to end our episodes with an excerpt from the following chapter. So this is an excerpt from chapter nine of Will of the Empress. Gudrini looked up at Daja. So what kind of mage is the Klihane? Daja went over to Sandri's work basket. First rule, don't touch this or anything in it ever, all right? Even if you need scissors or needle and thread, get them elsewhere. It may look like a sewing basket, but it's her mage's kit. Gudrini looked at the basket, then at Daja. I may only be a miller's wife, or a miller's one-time wife, but that doesn't make it right to mock me, the Mese, she said with injured dignity. Daja rolled her eyes. I don't mock. Not when it comes to magic, she retorted. Sandry is a mage with weaving, spinning, sewing. Even her pins have magic in them. You don't know what they'll do if you use them. Make sure your children understand it too. Briar thought once he could give his hands a little tattoo with vegetable dyes, he has plant magic, and Sandry's needles. Now he has plants made of ink that grow and move under his skin. Gudrini's lips moved in a silent prayer. Feeling she had made her point, Daja asked, you have two children? Yes, Gudrini admitted. My boy is seven, my daughter 10. I'll be certain they know. They're good children and they mind me. But I have never heard of a mage who has a kit whose kit is a sewing basket. You've heard of stitch witches, though. Where do you think they keep their mage kits? Daja opened the shutters, letting the morning breeze into the room. Did you see the redhead? Her hair was sparkling, whispered Gudrini. Actually, it looked like she hesitated, as if afraid to name what she had seen. Lightning, Daja said for her. That's because it is. Triss's mage kit is her hair her braids. She keeps different magics in each and every braid, but the lightning is hard to keep in one place, particularly when she's out of sorts. The sitting room door opened and Sandry returned. Well, that's that. Apparently, there are other rooms off these for the maid the housekeeper expected me to have. I don't believe I've ever made, I don't believe I've ever been made to feel so, so ramshackle in my life by someone who was so terribly polite. She even managed to scold me for not making her come up here. I wasn't aware I had to answer to my own housekeeper. You're frightening your new maid, Daja said gently. Sandry ought to be throwing off lightnings right now, she thought. Sandry looked at Gudrini. Oh, cat dirt, she said wearily. Gudrini, don't mind me. I'm cross and it's nothing to do with you. I'm glad you've met Daja. And cousin Ambrose says the men at arms are ready whenever you are. You can go get your children and your belongings when you wish. The woman looked from Daja to Sandry and back again. I have a thousand things to say and none of them make sense. You will never regret this day, Clayhan. She grabbed Sandry's hand, kissed it, and fled. Sandry looked at Daja. What did you talk about? I just started to tell her the less complicated things. You did say you didn't want a maid, you know, Daja remarked, leaning against the wall. Sandry wrinkled her nose. What else could I do? He looked like a vindictive sort. And maybe now servants will stop carping at me over my lack of a maid. Daja came over and kissed her cheek. Ah, you did it just to silence the servants, she said. Inside, through her magic, she added, but you still have a bigger heart than all Emelon. Sandry smiled, her lips trembling. If this morning's work brought one of my sisters back into my heart, then this whole trip was worth it, she replied through their now open magical connection. Aloud, Daja teased. At least until next time Chime gets into your work basket. She heard brisk footsteps and Rizu's and Katie's voices outside. Some of us are going riding, she told Sandry. Want to come? Sandry grimaced. Alaga wants to give me the inner castle tour. Then Ambrose will show me the outer castle. I get to spend my afternoon looking at maps and account books. She sighed and slumped into a chair. I shouldn't complain. I've been reaping the benefits of these estates like mad for years. It's only right that I learn the state they're in. 
and maybe I should have seen to it before this. Another day, Daja promised, feeling sorry for her. I leave you to your tours. (laughs) Reading Circle Temple is produced by us. Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. You can also help people find us by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Find all our episodes at our new home on ACAST. Shows.acast.com slash Reading Circle Temple. us. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. And you can join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. To find us on Twitter, tweet at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellows for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their art by following Yellows for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram. Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. We could have made this a Mulan reference. It could have been Mulan! <laughs> I, I know! It could have been this. Mulan! <laughs> I need to add this to my list of like Disney songs that we need to cover. Because I have, like, we don't talk about Prak Mooney. Yes. So now we also need let's get down to business or let's get down to writing or whatever it is. Let's get down to writing. I'll make a secretary out of you. Da, 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 da. Yes! Be a secretary. Yes! Everybody knows. All right. <laughs> I love it. We're going to do it. Yes! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.